Faith depends on you. And this is where we need to come to understand that it's not something that God is going to bestow upon us and make us have faith, but the development of our faith and the strengthening of our faith, the maintaining of our faith really depends upon us. Uh, You know, I keep emphasizing, and and it's not just here when I'm preaching and teaching inside this building, but, you know, as I'm doing radio programs and podcasts, I, I keep emphasizing that faith comes by hearing the Word of God. So it's not a mysterious process. It is something that is logical. It is something that makes sense. As the Hebrews writer defines faith as being the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1, he help, that writer helps us understand that it is logical. It is based upon substance. It is based upon evidence. And so faith is something that we can, we can understand, and it's something that we can grab onto and develop And faith will keep us going even in difficult and trying times. We walk by faith and not by sight, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17. We stand by faith as we talked about this morning. Well, faith is is important to us. It is pivotal for our development as Christians and for our strengthening and ongoing faithful Christian lives. Jesus said, be faithful until death, and I will give you the crown of life. Uh, Revelation 2 and verse 10. So your faith depends on you. Again, somebody else cannot be faithful for you. Somebody else cannot have faith for you. And God's not going to make you have faith or make you be faithful, although the evidence that he presents to us is all around us on on a continual basis but it's up to you to develop your faith and it's up to you to strengthen in your faith. So I want us to to think about how your faith depends upon you. And I wanna just look through some kind of introductory materials this evening, getting us into this particular lesson and talking and then focusing on particular specifics are specific ways that we can develop our faith and strengthen our faith through our focus on God's word and our focus on on God himself. Now, how important is faith in your life? A whole lot of people would say, oh, I've got faith. Oh, I, I believe with all my heart, I've got strong faith. I've got this great relationship with God. I've got this great relationship with Jesus. But their life says something completely opposite. They don't live that faith. They don't put it into practice in their lives. And it's not something that, that you have to be, you know, kind of, of you know, uh, microscopic in your nitpickiness to, to, to understand that or to find fault in the way that they're living as compared to what they say about their life. It's, it's obvious. They're living worldly lives. They're, they're not faithful to God. They don't live a life of faithfulness. And their life does not evidence strong faith at whatsoever. No matter how much they talk about it or how much they emphasize it, when they live a life of sinfulness on an ongoing basis, that's just their lifestyle. That says something completely different from what they're trying to tell people and make other people believe. And probably they're also, whether they realize it or not, trying to pull the wool over their own eyes and make themselves feel comfortable and make themselves feel like they have strong faith when they, when they absolutely do not. Well, how important is faith in your life? 
How, how, do you, how does faith affect the way you live your life on a daily basis? Now again, we, this, these are questions that are, are really, this should, in, should initiate uh, exercises in self-examination. How important is faith in your life? I've said many times, I don't understand how people who do not have God in their lives, I don't, I don't understand how they make it through life. Because they're absent of the most powerful anchor and the most powerful guide for living every day. I don't, I don't know. They, God is not in their life. What hope do they have? What direction do they have? What do they have to look forward to? I don't understand how people without God in their lives, how they make it, how they live life in any kind of, of, of uh, satisfactory way with any, again, with any hope, with any promise. How important is faith in your life? And, and again, it's not a matter of just stating something. Oh, it's really important. What does your life say about how important faith is in your life? The way you live your life. Well, without faith, we cannot be saved. That's something we need to come to grips with. We cannot be saved without faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who would come to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Hebrews 11 and verse 6. Jesus says in John 8 and verse 24, Therefore I said to you that you will die in your sins. For if you do not believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. When Jesus says, if you do not believe in me, he's talking about, he's saying, if you do not have faith in me. Now that was a very fundamental lesson he had to get across during his public ministry upon this earth. He had to get across the understanding to the people he was trying to get to believe, to develop faith in him as the savior, as the son of God, as our Lord, that they should believe in him as to those identities. But for us, we ought to be able to say, hey, it's a no-brainer. But at the same time, how many people are teetering on the brink of not believing in Jesus, not believing in God? Well, again, the Hebrews writer says, if you don't believe in God, then you have no hope of eternal life. Jesus says, if you do not believe in me, you're going to die in your sins because he is the only savior, the only savior. Because faith without works, I'm, I'm sorry, but rather because a life without faith leads us to be lost in our sins. When Jesus told the apostles to go into all the world and preach the gospel <clears throat> to all creation, he said, he who does not believe is going to be condemned. Now he said, he who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. So without faith, we're lost in our sins. John 3 and verse 18, John the apostle wrote, Jesus again speaking here, he said, he who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten son of God. There is no other savior. There is only one God. And he is the God and he is God. 
In 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, beginning with verse 9, <clears throat> we read of a primary goal of the devil, and that is to get us to not believe, or at least to not develop strong faith, just to be weak-kneed in our faith at best. So the apostle Paul wrote, the coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan. With all power, signs, and lying wonders, and with all unrighteous deception among those who perish because they did not receive the love of the truth, that they might be saved. And for this reason, God will send them strong delusion that they should believe the lie, that they all may be condemned who did not believe the truth that they all might be condemned who did not believe the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. I don't know when a person gets to the point where God says, that's it. I give up on you. God being all-knowing, all-seeing, God being able to read our hearts a whole lot better than any medical machine can do, but also a whole lot better than any human association or relation can do. God knows a point, knows, knows when we come to, when a person comes to a point that it's kind of the point of no return, so to speak. You know, you think about that jet plane traveling down the runway and there are lights along the way. And if the pilot is wondering something's going on with the plane, something doesn't seem right, he has a time based upon how far down the runway he has gone to shut down the engines and the plane can just come to a halt. But there is a point on the runway that's called the point of no return. When he passes that, there's no room to stop the plane any longer. It's going to run into something or run off the runway or if he tries to take off, maybe it'll crash because the speed of that plane will be going so fast that there's no stopping it as far as the length of the runway that is still left in front of him is concerned. Well, when you look at what Paul is writing here, when he says, for this reason, they did not receive the love of the truth. And I think we can kind of read in there between the lines, for so long a period of time, they just simply rejected the truth of God's word, the truth of the gospel, the truth of Jesus being the savior, the truth that God is God and he is real. And ultimately, for this reason, God will send them strong delusion that they should believe the lie. He'll let them wallow in their disbelief, in their lack of faith that they all may be condemned who did not believe the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Now some people might say, well, what kind of an unloving God is that? What kind of a mean God is that? He's gonna let, just gonna let them be, die lost in their sin, condemned to all eternity in hell. Now again, remember, they for a continued period of time did not believe the truth. And so there is a point at which they have passed, apparently, I think we understand from this text and some others, they have passed the point of no return. 
God can read that point in their lives. I don't think we can. And so we may simply need to keep trying to reach such individuals, but recognizing at the same time that if they continue to rebuff our efforts, there are other people who want to learn and we can turn to them. The point of no return. Well, faith leads us to become Christians. When we look at Hebrews chapter 11, we looked at verse one earlier, but let's read through the first three verses there. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So real faith, real saving faith is based upon substance. We can understand this podium has substance, but it is also based on evidence, evidence of things not seen. We don't see everything in the creation around us. And I'm not talking about secret things. I'm talking about things that are there. We know they're there. We just don't see them. Probably the most common illustration is the wind. We don't see the wind. Somebody might say, well, I see the wind. I see it. I see the trees. The leaves are moving. I see the wind. The grass is waving back and forth. I can feel the wind against my body. You don't see the wind. You see the effects of the wind. The wind itself is invisible. We don't. We don't see an atom, but we know the atom is there because we know how it interacts with substance. But we don't see that atom. And there are lots of other things that, that are there. We know they're there. We can see the effects of them, but we don't see those particular items or those particular parts of God's creation with our, visible, with our, with our human visible eye. So faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. I was talking to somebody at lunch today and there are those who would say, your faith, your Christian faith is just a blind leap in the dark. No, again, it's based on substance and evidence. And those who would say, well, no, we believe in, in just chance as to how life came to be. There was something happened way back before anybody, anything was alive. And there was something, all kinds of elements that came together and something that we cannot explain and have never ever been able to reproduce happened and all of a sudden where there was no life, now there was a one-celled animal. And that one-celled animal over eons and eons of time developed into complex beings that we look all, all around us and, and observe today. Now, for those atheistic evolutionists or even those evolutionists who would say, no, I still believe in God. I just believe in evolution as well. You're not talking about a blind leap in the dark to believe that stuff. You're talking about a rocket trip across the universe to, believe, to, to be able to believe in those positions because they are absolutely categorically unscientific and they're unprovable. So, Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, for by it, that is by faith, 
the elders observed uh, or obtained a good testimony. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things that, we, that, that, were, that are seen were not made of things which are visible. In other words, God, God is spirit and he's not visible to our human physical eyes. He created all that we see around us. Design demands a designer. God is the designer, the master designer. Faith is key to our being justified and saved in Christ. Romans 3 and verse 28, therefore we conclude that a man is justified by faith apart from the deeds of the law. Ephesians 2 and verse 8, by grace you have been saved through faith and, not that, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. We stand strong, we walk and we live by faith. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 24, not that we have dominion over your faith, but our fellow workers for your joy, for by faith you stand. And again, chapter, uh, chapter 5 and verse 7, we walk by faith and not by sight. Galatians 2 and verse 20, Paul said, I've been crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. The life I, which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loves me, who loved me and gave himself for me. Paul says, I am living by faith. Why are you doing what you're doing, Paul? I am doing what I'm doing by faith. Why are you living the lifestyle you're living, Paul? I am living that lifestyle by faith in my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 38, the just shall live by faith. And if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. The just shall live by faith. Why do we live? Why do we want to live righteous lives? Because of faith in God. It, it rather... Is, is rather amusing to me and, and perhaps somewhat baffling. I've heard different atheists, at least self-proclaimed atheists, make statements along the line that we're glad that Christians exist in society. Now they don't believe in God, they don't believe in Christianity, they don't believe in Jesus Christ. Why would they be glad that Christianity, that Christians exist in society? Their answer is because they keep, they keep things in more order. Now, they ought to look in the mirror and they ought to do some self-analysis and ask themselves, why in the world would you believe such? Why in the world would you make such a statement when you continually proclaim that you have no faith in God, no faith in Christ, no faith in Christianity, but you're glad Christianity exists? Do you see something of a contradiction in positions there? Again, the atheist who does not believe in God not just a blind leap in the dark for that particular individual, it's a rocket ship going across the universe of darkness to believe what they believe or to not believe what is obvious all around them. Someone was talking 
today, and, and I've, I've seen the title in the book, I believe, I don't have enough faith to believe in evolution. Because to believe in evolution requires blind, dogged, unprovable faith in that particular position without any ability to prove it whatsoever. And yet they'll still believe it. Jesus again said living faithfully is key to our eternal life. Revelation 2 and verse 10, be faithful until death and I will give you the crown of life. But faith is also our shield, our shield to fend off all of the devil's attempts to lead us away from God, away from faith, or at least away from faithfulness and to lead us into sin's condemnation. We look at Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 16 and here Paul wrote above all and he's listing the implements of the Christian armor. And he says above all taking the shield of faith with which you are able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. The shield of faith. How can we fend off all of those temptations the devil confronts us with? Faith. How can we get up in the morning and face another day in a world that is engulfed in the darkness of sin because we have faith that God's gonna see us through and that God can take care of things and he can take care of us. Faith, faith, the devil throws temptations at us and we, the more we are schooled in God's word, the more natural and automatic it becomes that we fend off those temptations because we know they don't conform with what God's word says. It's important for us to understand the power of faith. Faith is our shield, our shield against everything the devil would throw at us, against everything life would throw at us. Now I want us to come back to, uh, well, in first, first Peter chapter five, verses eight and nine. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. How do we resist him? Peter says, resist him steadfast in the faith. The faith being God's word, from which or through which our faith develops knowing that the same, same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. Faith, faith is our shield. Faith is to a great extent what God gives us to keep us strong, but he gives us that through his word. We have to make the proper applications. We have to let that faith develop within us. Now I want us to look at Hebrews chapter 11 and I want us to look closely at some points from this particular text. We looked at the first three verses already, but I want us to go back and look more carefully and a little bit in depth at what these verses say. We read the text again. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. Okay. Let's think about it from this rather illustrative kind of language. 
Faith then is our crystal ball, assuring us of our salvation and eternal life in heaven. The substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is our telescope, enabling us to see what cannot be seen with the naked eye. And that would include God, Christ, the Holy Spirit, because they are spirit beings. They live and they, they exist in the spiritual realm, but it also would include heaven in all of its majesty because it is out of our eyesight right now. Third, faith is our looking glass into the past, showing us the origin of the universe, of this world, of life, of our spiritual nature created with a soul and also of our relationship with God, our looking glass. So we come to another question. How is your faith right now? How is your faith? And it's vitally important that every single one of us realizes that your faith depends on you. Someone can say, well, how can I have strong faith? It depends on you being in God's word consistently, understanding it accurately, and consistently making the proper applications to your personal life. Your faith depends on you. As I've said probably two other times this evening, God is not going to make you have faith. But he wants you to have faith. And he offers you all of the tools, if you want to think of it that way, or all of the means by which you can and should develop faith in your life. But it depends on you to develop that faith. God has given you the tools. He's given you the mechanism, his word. We can historically look back at Jesus. He really walked on this earth. He really performed all those miracles. He really arose from that tomb after having died on the cross alive. And he really ascended back to heaven. And the spread of Christianity is further evidence of his being God the Son, our Lord and Savior. But believing is up to you. And not just believing intellectually, but, but, but believing, putting it into practice through obedience and through a lifestyle of faithfulness, living your faith. Your faith depends on you. How is your faith right now? If we could help you to grow in your faith, if we could help you to develop faith, we'd love to have that opportunity if you'll let us. We'll sit down and we'll study God's word with you if you'll just ask us. Maybe you recognize that, yep, I have not paid proper attention to my faith. I need to grow stronger. We'd love to help you with that. We'll pray with you about that and for you if you step forward and ask us or talk with us privately. Maybe, maybe you're ready to take that step by faith.
to surrender your life to your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, by being baptized into him for the remission of your sins and thereby being born again and coming to salvation in him. We'd love to help you with that this evening. Or again, study with you to help you understand that particular need in your life better. If you need to come, won't you stand right, come right now as we stand together and sing.